Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Chloe Maidley and welcome back to the podcast. On this podcast, I speak to professional athletes, coaches, physique competitors, dietitians, and leaders in the field from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope you enjoyed today's guest. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, review, and leave a comment. Thank you so much, guys. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast series four. My guest today is probably the most inspirational one that I've had on the show so far. Ben Mudge is a coach, a bodybuilder, nothing short of a professional athlete, really. He's a bit of an Instagram celebrity, and he has a very big and very loyal following. He also has cystic fibrosis and sets a pretty remarkable example of how you can actually live, perform, and even thrive despite (sighs) having the disease. So Ben, welcome to the show. And I know I just introduced you, but do you want to introduce yourself to everyone and just tell them all who you are, what you do? I mean, it's hard to beat what you just did there, Chloe, but um, (laughs) I am 31 years old. I'm from Belfast, Northern Ireland. I have been coaching for over 10 years now. And the reason I got into coaching was because of my cystic fibrosis. I actually wanted to pursue a career in the film industry. I actually got into that industry at a pretty low level, worked on a couple of uh, projects over here, including the first season of Game of Thrones, which a lot of people have heard of. And it was actually on that season that I realized that I had to completely change my my career path, um, which was a, a difficult thing to do. Um, yeah, that sucked. But I was speaking to one of the extras who was a warrior, obviously in good shape. I was like, what do you do? How, how can you be here? On a Tuesday, you know, at 3 p.m., like, what is it you do as a job that allows you to do that? And he's like, oh, I'm a personal trainer. Got chatting to him and then a bunch of the other guys, and that's where it started. And it's been the best, best decision I've ever made. That's kind of taken me to where I am today. I'm skipping over a lot of things, but that's the kind of cliff notes of of me. (laughs) Of my life. Well, don't worry, because I have loads of questions for you, so you're you're not going to skip over everything. Can I just ask before I actually get into the questions... Like Game of Thrones. Yes. Do you have any good stories? Because I, I love that show. <laughs> to be honest, that, that was like, I'll be 100% honest, that's the best thing about doing it, just the stories. Working on it sucked. TV and film, like, I'm sure you have an insight into it. Like, it's a lot of waiting around waiting. for very little to happen. Yeah, and then you hear the same lines of dialogue over and over again. So it just becomes like this weird nightmare you're stuck in. Um, <laughs> I got to hold Sean Bean's head. Oh, that's cool. When he died. Yeah, I got the hold. Yeah. Oh, no. hold. oh my God. Head. I need to rewatch it. Oh, and I, I got to sit in the Iron Throne See? quite a lot, actually. That was kind of cool. 
Isn't that like, didn't they do a tour with that throne where they literally sent it around the world and there were just queues of people everywhere so they could get an Instagram pic of them in the throne? <laughs> yeah. I have a photo of me somewhere on one of my, like one of the first iPhones. I have it somewhere of me sitting on the throne. And then I was basically Joffrey standing for a lot of scenes. So I would just sit in the throne. They would get all the lighting, all the, you know, the focus pulled on me and then swap out and Joffrey would go and sit in it. You were Joffrey standing. People that don't know what Ben looks like, like you could, how, how, he's like a small was, blonde child. You're like a big bear man. I was not that big back then. I was always like, that. that's another reason why, you know, this has been such a good career for me because I was always so small growing up because of CF. I'm just not genetically a big person. Um, yeah. So training helped with that as well. So yeah, training was like the best path for me for sure. Yeah, I mean, I agree for my own reasons as well. It completely changed my life. Um, okay, so you touched yeah. on it then, and I already wrote it down. Like, I really just want to start from the beginning with you. Um, can you just tell me or us a bit about your childhood and what it was like growing up with CF? Yeah, so I'm the middle child. Uh, I have an older brother and a younger sister. And obviously, I get asked this question, like, what's it like growing up with CF? And the honest answer is, I don't know anything different. So to me, it was a normal, air quotes, normal childhood. Uh, the only thing I had to really look at was what my brother and sister didn't have to do. Um, so for me, it was obviously taking uh, tablets every time I ate. It was taking tablets, you know, multivitamins that my, my body couldn't absorb from my food. It's taking nebulizers. Um, but my childhood, again, I, I credit my parents every single time I do something like this. I get to credit my parents because my parents did such a good job giving me a normal childhood uh, when... Again, in the 90s, when I was born, like I was born in 1990, it's easy. It's always easy to remember what age I was being born in the 1990s. But being born then, the the outlook for cystic fibrosis wasn't great. It definitely wasn't what it is today. Uh, my parents were told some horrific things when I was born uh, from some of the nurses and doctors. In fact, this is the story that always sits with me and it's kind of the one of those things that i it, when i'm not feeling the greatest i'll remind myself of the story but basically when i was born it was two days after i was born that they discovered i had cf so i was rushed in to get the procedure that i now have the scar from the macoliomyelis which is basically when you're born you know you pass waste it's all the basically the food that your mother's been producing and you get rid of this stuff and i didn't i didn't clear that that waste that was kind of the first alarm bell so they had to actually go in and manually clear that out of my stomach and it happens to a lot of, of uh, people with cystic fibrosis so basically i was recovering from that two days old you know my mom's world had just been completely and my dad's world has been completely tipped upside down they had no idea what cf was my older brother didn't have it and i was lying in the incubator and i was like wrapped up in what looked like i think it was cling film or something it was probably something medical cling film i don't think it was actual you know off the rack <laughs> cling film yeah but anyway this newborn baby and my mom was standing looking at me and I don't think the nurse who was in the room knew that my mom was my mum. And she said, oh, that, that those parents, like, I feel so bad for them. That kid's got CF or that baby's got CF. Their life's over. Oxygen tanks in every room. They won't be able to travel. They won't be able to put them into normal schools. He is basically a, a dead weight to that family. And my mum didn't let her know that that was her son. Even talking about that, like, that's... That'll always sit with me. Like that, that's what kind of drives me whenever, you know, I get asked all the time about motivation. I hate that word, but yeah. motivation. And that's definitely one of the things I think about whenever I'm thinking, oh, I couldn't be bothered doing this. I'm like, no, I want to do this so my mom and dad 
never have to worry about you know me at all yeah. um but yeah my, my childhood pretty pretty normal thankfully grew up pretty well i was always running around as a kid couldn't stop me from running around so that's why i was so damn skinny because i was burning off <laughs> all the food i did eat and um yeah i said i was hospitalized twice as a kid with uh, bile obstructions which again very common with people with cf because of mal malabsorption of foods we, we basically our pancreas for anyone who doesn't know basically the mucus that's produced in our body is much much thicker than anyone else's so the the way i always describe it to people is the mucus within your body is like water in a jar you swallow around it moves very freely for people with cystic fibrosis that's like pva glue instead of water so everything's much more difficult including the secretion of digestive enzymes out of the pancreas which means we can't digest fat as easily as other people so bile obstructions were the main bane of my earlier childhood and all i can remember is being writhing i learned what the word writhing meant when i was like eight years old because my mom said that's what i was doing like writhing around in in the bed and in pain i know quite a bit about cf because of my dad mm -hmm. but i didn't realize that it was painful ever i never knew that yeah i mean it can be like again the, st the stomach issues or digestion issues are, are a huge huge problem and again because cf is a genetic illness there's so many variants of it i've got the most common so I've got the one that is affected, I think it's about 50% of people with CF have the same mutation as me, which is good because that means that all the drugs they are rolling out target my mutation, which is good. Which is great for me. But yeah, the, the stomach, stomach stuff can be very painful, very painful. But again, I, I've always got in my head that it could be worse. There's always someone out there who's got it worse off than me, so I don't really yeah. complain about uh. it too much. I think they did recently did a study on um, gratefulness, and I think initially the, the 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 they had two groups, and the group that they were kind of it was it was obviously forced initially. They had to write like five things they were grateful for every morning, and you know a lot of people kind of laugh at that, and they're like, "That's not actual gratitude," but it does if you do it habitually. It that practice will yep. force it into becoming uh, habitual gratitude. And I mean, absolutely every marker of health was improved in the group of people that did that from like mental health, physical health, social health. It was it was insane. Um, even financial health, everything improved than the group who were told not to do this. It's a life changing thing for everyone to do, regardless of whatever your whatever your issues are, whatever your hurdles are. And OK, so did you really get into like lifting weights? Did you really get into like health and fitness like as a result of that Game of Thrones thing, or were you already working in that space? Were you already really into it because of the CF? This is credit to my parents. My dad was always in really good shape, and he still is. And I actually, we were we we're working in this room that I'm in right now, and we were talking about how I got into exercise. I think I was lifting something, and he cut, he, he said to me, "Like you're you're a big lad now," and I was like, "Oh yeah, well, it's thanks <laughs> to you." And uh, I said, "How did I get into?" doing what we used to do at night. Like, so basically every single night when I was a kid, and I mean like four years old, my dad and I would do push-ups, we'd do sit-ups and I would do pull-ups off my, my bunk bed every night. And I couldn't sleep unless I did that with my dad. I asked him like, how did I, how did that start? And he said, you just saw me doing it and copied me. Oh. <laughs> so, and I was just like, we were, we were doing something really manly in here. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, all right, okay, okay. Um, I even think about it now, it kind of does make me a bit a bit emotional because you don't realize the impact you're having on people by just looking after yourself. And my dad, like, I, I, I can't even fathom 
the idea of my dad not being fit and healthy, like the impact that could have had on my life. So I've fitness and health has been, it's just been a part of me. It's been a part of my life from no age. Uh, even, even like playing with my dad, you know, my dad was so involved with us as kids, like playing to us was like climbing my dad. Yeah. Like he would yeah. stand in all these different positions and you'd have to climb to get up. To so it was always physical activity that, that kind of was part of that. And then growing up, but I was always, yeah, as I said, I was always the small one. I was always the kind of skinny one. And then it was whenever I, I think I got 16, Santa got us a, a multi-gym for the garage. It's 16, yeah, yeah. Santa is still coming. Lucky you. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, I knew that girls liked muscles, so I was just like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just do this. And I enjoyed it and listened to music with my friends. And yeah, I'll just keep doing this. And then... Yeah, it was after Game of Thrones that I really started taking it seriously because I thought, well, if I'm going to make a career out of this, I want to be good at this. So I want to understand it all. And yeah, it kind of definitely grew from there. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So as well as the as well as like the, the bodybuilding and the, the weightlifting, you do like you play football and stuff as well, right? Like you you am I right in thinking yeah. you kind of have to keep on top of your cardiovascular fitness or it's it's beneficial that you do. So what do you, how do you do that? Like how do you program that in with your training? Basically in my it's American football flag. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. But again, it depends on the time of the year. So when football season's on, my weight training will change to optimize my ability to perform on the pitch because I've always thought this. I've never wanted to look like I can can do something and not be able to do it in terms of my physique. I want my body to reflect my capabilities because yeah. the only, and this, this goes back to when I was 15, maybe even earlier, the only thing I got picked for in school was sprinting because you okay. didn't need to be a certain size. Yeah, I was fast. I, I still am quite fast, but it was the only thing that I... It didn't matter what size or shape you were. As long as you were fast, you got on the team. And that was the only yeah. thing I had success with that gave me confidence as a kid. And I then just always wanted to keep that. So I've always thought, you know what, if I can't sprint, if I can't jump, if I can't twist, if I can't turn, if my body can't do what I want it to do, what's the point? That mentality has always been my, I want to be an athlete. I don't want to be a, I'm hard to label. You are, you look like a bodybuilder. And and again, like I say, we will get onto physique. But you also look like a professional athlete. It's weird. You're like this hybrid. I, I, but I mean, it doesn't surprise me if like, if how you got into it was doing like push-ups and pull-ups with your dad. I mean, these are movements, like these are real strong body strength, func fully functional movements. You are very functional and you, I, I would call you an athlete. Okay, fine. So I'm touching on it, but I do, I really do want to talk to you about your physique. So anyone who doesn't follow Ben... Honestly, I'm not joking. It is extremely impressive. He's very big. He's very well balanced, very well proportioned, and he has like quite a mature, dense muscle mass. But he's also functional; like he can move. Kind of like actually, you know, I had Zach George on the other day, and like he's like the same, just like beast, yep. but like fully functional, like CrossFit, you know, 
badass and also you're thank a coach, you for comparing so... me to zach i'll take that <laughs> <laughs> i've dabbled in crossfit shock <laughs> yeah again, again like yeah i've i've done again i'm the one thing i learned from starting as as a coach was never you know turn your nose up at any any form of anything because you know different strokes for different folks some people love functional workouts some people love bodybuilding i just pick whatever i enjoy i've done nearly every discipline of fitness you can do because if I enjoy bodybuilding, I'll do bodybuilding and that's what's going to yeah. keep me going because the most important thing to me for my own training and from my client's perspective is enjoyment is like one of the top priorities. If you're enjoying it, you're going to stick to it. If you stick to it, you're going to get results. If you get results, you're going to be happy 100%. and it kind of feeds it in. So I'll do whatever I enjoy at the time, whatever whatever that is. Now I say that as well to, to people all the time. I'm like, if you enjoy it and it's a healthy thing to do, don't yeah. ever cut it out it, even if like, even if they say to me no I have a real like physique goal I'm like okay well we need to make way for both because otherwise you're just going to resent the goal in the end and then you will have stopped doing the thing that you love it it's just it's just a bad cycle but my question is like when a client comes to you and I'm talking specifically about like a physique goal and they say like Ben build me a great physique like yours like where do you start as a coach with regards to their kind of training split and their programming? Like what is your like initial kind of port of call for kind of a beginner who really wants to now start gaining some muscle mass and improving their body composition, improving their physique? So first and foremost, ask them how many times a week would you like to train? Mm. And they'll go, oh, I, I would like to train five or six days a week. And I'm like, cool, good to know. How many can you definitely do? Yeah. <laughs> that other number is irrelevant. I don't care how many times a week you'd like to train. I care about how many times a week you can train. Then I will build a program that is the most optimal for that, those amount of days. Most of the time, to be honest, it's three days a week. It's full body. Full body is, without a doubt, if you're unassisted, you know, not taking anything, full body is the best way to train, uh, simply for frequency, for recovery. Even for timing, again, your best bang for your buck, you're not going to waste a lot of time picking all these little accessory movements that aren't going to give you a huge return on your investment time. You know, you, you're going to pick the big movements. And then I also try to explain to them that this is going to take a while. You know, I, I got asked that question the other day. It's like, how do I get a physique that resembles you? And I was like, well, first of all, you're not because I'm me and you're you, and that's awesome. You're never going to have a physique that looks like mine. Just That's just the way it is. But yeah. it's taken me... Well, I'm 31, so it's taken me a long time to get to the shape that I'm in. So you're not going to get there in eight weeks. Now, will you get there shorter than, than I did? If you listen to me, yeah, because I made so many mistakes. <laughs> There's yeah. so many things I did wrong. I didn't optimize my training. So yeah, I, I would explain to them the process. And again, I think the most important thing for people to get results is they need to understand the process because so many coaches, unfortunately, don't tell the clients what they need to know to understand the process they just tell them do this do this and that you're just a drill, a drill instructor that's not coaching that's just shouting something out and anyone can do that so it's about teaching people teaching them in the way that they understand not giving them any excess jargon of all the stuff that makes you sound smart i just tell them how it is what they need to do how long it's going to take them to get there and basically manage their expectations like from a coaching perspective you know this as well a lot of our job is managing expectations yes and reassurance yeah and again so for someone coming to me brand new i'll keep it simple and once they've got that nailed then i'll add another layer once they've got that nailed another layer and another layer but i'll try not to overwhelm them because you know it's it's very very easy to be overwhelmed in this in this realm of health and fitness 
I completely agree with you. And I love the point that you made about you being like, well, first of all, you're not going to get a body like me. I listened to a podcast with Brett Contreras on it the other day, you know, the glute guy. Um, and he said, you know, girls will come to him all the time and be like, how do I get her butt? And he's yep. like, and my go-to response is always like, you're never going to get her butt. The question you should be asking is, how do I get the best butt that I can get? He was like, exactly. the only person, like the only person who you should aim to to kind of look the, the best of is you. And I yep. thought that was brilliant because you, it, and also like it, it depends on so many things. Genetics play a huge role. I mean, there's so much to it. Muscle insertion. Insertion yeah, points, so yeah. Much. Like I don't think I'll ever have the same triceps as Emma, right? My co-coach. But then she's super jealous of my quads because my quads have like, at the bottom, they're really short insertion points and they kind of pop out and they go quite like bubbly. Same with shoulders, like, and it's and, and it, it, it comes down to so many things, but I love that you touched on that. And I, I kind of, it brings me on nicely to my next question, which is like, what does your training week look like in terms of your own splits, frequency, volume, intensity? Like, because the thing is, is that I think it gets harder and harder and harder to keep kind of uh, progressing your physique. And I mean, what what does your training look like now? How has it changed? It's changed quite a bit, to be honest. I'm in such a unique position, and I never thought I'd be here, but I am actually in a position where I'm happy to maintain. Mm. Which is, uh, there's not many people out there that I've ever met who are in the fitness game who'd be like, "I'm just happy to stay the way I am." Yeah, and that's honestly, I am. I'm really happy with how I look. I'll put that aside, but I'm really happy with how my body can do what I wanted to do. Yeah, I'm obviously still trying to push myself. I'm still trying to make progress yeah. because otherwise it kind of becomes a bit a bit futile. But at the moment, I am training full body three days a week, and then just for fun, I'm doing arms three days a week because I've always <laughs> said my arms are so further behind in the progression. Again, this is this is the bodybuilder mentality. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm trying to still shake loose. <laughs> that, yeah, I just thought, you know what, I'll 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 train arms three days a week and see if that actually does, you know, improve them or, or get them bigger. I just want, I need to have something to aim towards. Uh, but then obviously the yeah. rest of my training is is football. So I need to put this out here and, and say and make this very, very clear. So you will think someone listen to this, you're training six days a week if you're doing three full body sessions and then three arm sessions and then you're actually training two football sessions. So that's what eight eight sessions yeah. a week. Yeah. Now this is my job. Yeah. So anyone listening to this who has a nine to five job or kids or anything else, don't try to do what I'm doing because your priorities, your time commitments are totally different to mine. That's why whenever I get asked this question, I always try and make sure that that's very, very clear because I have a lot more time to prioritize these things. Plus I get to prioritize these things. Yeah. So yeah, at the moment it's full body and then just a bit of a bit of arms. It's really important, exactly what you said, that if you have a nine to five job and or you're a mother to four kids, like it is absolutely ridiculous to think that you can be in the gym five days a week building like the best physique you want. Now, don't get me wrong. This is where having a coach, if that is you, comes in really handy because what we do is we know the full we know the full story. We know like the beginning, the middle and the end. And we can look at your life. And I, I've said this before. It's like a game of Tetris. Like a good coach will make everything fit into your life. And that's where it's really, really helpful. But I think a lot of the mistakes people make is that they, they can change their physique on their own without any knowledge or any help. It's really not going to happen. 
like it does happen yep. but it's rare like I got into it because my ex was a bodybuilder Emma got into it because she started rowing like everybody's different and I think you know having somebody kind of help look at your life and help you figure out from their knowledgeable standpoint where to fit it in is imperative and that's obviously the kind of coach that you are and I will get on to a bit like more of your coaching methodology but I did want to just touch on before we move away from like the the training and the physique stuff about nutrition like obviously mm-hmm. your diet has to be quite specific to you to be honest everybody's diet has to be specific to them but like how do you feel yep. yourself and and how do you kind of coach your clients in that regard do you have some like non-negotiables like do you have like a kind of a foundation on which you build like how do you do the nutrition thing so first and foremost i get them to track so if that, i'm just going to pretend that someone's just come to me i will get them to track their food because a lot of people simply don't understand the caloric values of their foods they don't understand what macros are in their foods they just don't have that understanding so i tell them look we're going to track your foods not because i want you to track your food for the rest of your life because hands up i would not like to do that personally i know some people love it but not for me it's simply so they build up this database of information in their head about what they're putting in their faces that's that's simple so it's just it's educate that is like at the the forefront of all my my coaching is educate and then I will say, right, let's let's have a look at what you're eating. This is going to be your your estimated calorie goals. And again, I make sure that that calorie target is on average. And I really specify this. If I give you a calorie target of 2,000, I'm not expecting you to get 2,000 calories bang on the nose every single day because that is way too stressful. I'm going to say as long as it averages out at 2,000 by the end of the week, that's all that matters. So that allows you that flexibility of, let's face it, there's days where you are ravenous. And there's days where you you, know, you could pass up breakfast and lunch and you'd be like, oh, I'll just eat a big dinner or whatever. That allows that flexibility, which again, takes so much pressure off the client. Then the other thing that realistically, the two numbers I focus on and put a lot of focus on are calories and protein. And the way I've always said that is calories are king with a, with a C and protein is the prince. Those two boys there or girls or girls, <laughs> those two, if, you, if you nail those two things, the other ones kind of take care of themselves. You do not need to be focusing, being super hyper aware of your calorie or your carbohydrates and fats if you're nailing those other two things. I think there's so much stress around getting these, the percentages because my fitness part's like, oh, you need to get 33, 33, 33 or whatever it is. And I was like, look, calories, if you're getting that right, the right amount of calories, you're going to be going in the right direction. If you get enough yeah. protein, you're going to be building the muscle tissue or repairing the, mass, the damage you've been doing during your session. So those are the only two numbers you really need to be focusing on. The other things we can kind of tidy up and look up. If you're getting results from just those two things, sweet. Keep doing that because we do not need to over exact. We do not need to over complicate something that is, you know, nutrition. Once you get into that, God, it makes you feel dumb because you look at it and you're like, I know nothing at all. I know nothing at all, but realistically, you need to take that step back and go, right, what do my clients care about? What is relevant to my client? Do my clients give a flying about the amino acid profile of certain proteins? No, they just care about what foods they eat and what's going to help them. Um, So for me, the, the thing I always tell my clients and anyone who's worked with me is protein, protein, protein. Like every single meal, this is what I apply for myself. I'll look at every meal I eat and go, where's the protein in that meal? Yeah. That's literally it. That's how I've gotten away. Now, again, that's taken me years to get to this point. You do need to kind of go through the the crawling and then the the stumbling and then the walking phases first. But no, but it's yeah, it's so I... true. Like it's I, when I first started tracking on my fitness pal. I say this to my clients all the time. It felt like a second job. 
I was like, it was it does. so overwhelming and stressful. But the education that it will give you in, I mean, I think I got the hang of it after one or two weeks. The education it gave me by that one month mark, I mean, it was quick. I was like, holy shit, I can now. And now the thing is you want to get to a point where you don't need to track. And like, I now look down at a plate of food wherever I am, if I'm at a restaurant or if I'm at a friend's house or, you know, somebody's, I don't know, cooked me something and given it to me. I know exactly what I'm looking at. And it makes it really, really kind of easy to maintain the results that you get. Now, look, I'm I'm not going to lie. Like, I can't really maintain those like shredded, like <laughs> shredded abs and all that stuff because I, I can't lie. Like, for me, it's very uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. So I'm actually, I feel better at a, a little bit more body fat on me. But that being said... I reckon now I could probably do that without tracking. And that that takes education. It takes time and, and yep. it's a it's a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. It's an earned skill. It's not something you just get. You have to earn that skill. It is, absolutely. Talk to me about your nutrition. Like how so you don't track, but you're nope. obviously you're quite pedantic about protein, which I second everybody. Um, mm -hmm. What's your approach with nutrition now? Do you eat the same things? Like, do, like, what's your vibe? I get asked this question all the time. Like, what do you eat? Can you do what you eat in a day? And I just say, no, there's not really much information you can take from it. You can take out some bullet points, which I'd rather just tell you, you know, rather than you have to watch and try and extrapolate that yourself. I'll just say like, look, focus on protein, eat some greens, colorful foods in terms of like your vegetables and stuff. And, you know, eat with thought. So don't just sit and, and eat without thinking about it. Look at what you're eating. Think about what you're putting into your mouth and then, you know, digest it, chew a little bit more, like really simple stuff. But again, stuff that people overlook. So for me, a standard day, four egg omelette with some smoked cheese or bacon or something like that. That's generally my go-to breakfast because, again, loads of protein, good fats. That kind of takes a, a whole pepper, which Emma tagged me in today the pepper train just eating a raw pepper which you still need to do yeah or like baby cherry tomatoes or, it. it's it's delicious honestly first thing in the morning it's so refreshing <laughs> it is so nice it is right i have to admit now that like london is so hot at the moment i did see you do that recently and i was like maybe i might have to stop doing that because i'm finding it hard to eat in this heat anyway carry on yep so yeah again most of my meals are protein based you know the way i've always explained it is like this the skeleton of my meals is protein and then it's up to me yeah. to flesh it out with whatever I enjoy. So again, I, I like to have fish. I like to have meat. I love sushi. Like sushi's oh, like my, yes. if, it, if it wasn't so bloody expensive, I would have it every. So you know what? Screw supplement sponsors and clothing sponsors. If there's any sushi companies out there that would like to sponsor me, then I am fully on board because that would be awesome. But also like in terms of like a health, like healthy kind of food yeah. options and also like a macronutrient ratio yep. sushi is perfect it is it ticks every box mm -hmm. it's amazing i used to think that about mexican food but then i started <laughs> gaining weight rapidly mexican's dangerous yeah um so yeah like my my food's my food's fairly straightforward you know i'm not a big chef but again as long as i enjoy it and it's fueling me again the the what i always say to my clients is that 80 20 80 percent of your food should, should come from foods that are going to enrich your you know physique going to give you your body the nutrients it needs to to do what you want it to do and then 20s just come from yeah. the foods that in, that you enjoy you know if it's nachos yeah. with cheese that i love if it's uh you know crisps if it's haribo whatever I, you know whatever makes you feel like you are a human being that has taste buds good <laughs> The 
is, is that I think like the hardest part of my job, like of coaching my clients is like to try and bring so many women, especially away from this all or nothing mentality where they're either yeah. on a diet, they're really strict, they're really rigid, or they're in what I call it the fuck it bucket where they're just like, oh, fuck <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, I don't care. And they just, and it gets this like, horrible cycle. And I've been there and I've seen clients, you know, I've, I've tried, I've spent a whole career trying to get clients out there. But what I'm starting to notice is happening now so I think with this kind of like anti-diet movement and like maybe maybe even just like initial kind of introduction to like flexible dieting, which is, you know, tracking, mm-hmm. that all of a sudden people seem to have actually forgotten the discipline part that yes. you can have some things, but you can't have all the things. And it's almost like we've gone into another all or nothing mentality. And I'm like, so I really, I really struggle like straddling this line with people. And I love what you just said of like, see 80% of your food is trying to feel body and 20% of your food is like enjoying food. My question really was just about, about that. Like, how do you get clients to be disciplined and while simultaneously teaching them that they don't have to restrict to a a crazy degree? So I literally had this conversation with one of my clients there. I said to her, look, we are going to take away chocolate we're going to take away crisps we're going to take away fizzy drinks we're going to take away the stuff that you enjoy for two weeks and she was like yeah okay i said no this is why we're going to do this these are the reasons do you accept those reasons and she's like yes and i was like right there we go so we have taken something away i've given you all the reasons as to why i've taken them away now you understand again back to my whole thing about understanding yeah now you understand why we're going to take this away now you're also going to see these results because of this, so you, in your head, you're going to basically make that connection of, okay, I was actually probably overeating these foods. No, they're not bad for me because no food is bad for you unless it's poison. And that's not food. So that doesn't really count. But no food is inherently bad for you. There's no good and bad foods. No food has morality. No food is going to stab you in an alley. Similarly, no food is going to protect you in that alley from being stabbed. It's just a simplification of food that we have placed because we just love labeling things. But I said to, the, I said to my client, we're going to take these away for two weeks, see how you get on. I guarantee you're going to make progress. Then in two weeks, we'll revisit it. Now, we're not taking them away because if you just take something away and don't explain it, it's like, don't think of a pink elephant. It's all you can focus on. Yeah. If someone said to me, don't drink any water during this interview, all I could think about was drinking water. Yeah. You know what I mean? So again, it's explaining to someone the, the repercussions, the reasons, and then the benefits and the outcomes. And then that, that tends to work. Again, does it work every time? No, because people are people. But again, you're just right. Like I said to them, you know, self-discipline is one of those things that's kind of fallen away. And the only way of practicing self-discipline is being disciplined. And that sucks. But I think everyone needs that sometimes. It's mad to me. And especially like in, in the female mainstream media, but also social media, there seems to be this real angry pushback against any woman with a goal especially a physique goal or you know who is you know I, I make posts about this all the time like actually sometimes you know we do we live in an obesogenic world now and with that abundance restriction is absolutely necessary like you can't we can't have that and and I'm just watching people's health really suffer at the hands of this like self-love movement and I talk about this in all my podcasts but I really want people to think about it like discipline is a really important part of mental health really important if we all did whatever the fuck we wanted whenever we wanted to do it it the world nice. would i mean it wouldn't be here yeah and it's 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 really important and that, i mean that kind of also brings me on to to my next question which is like what kind of coach would you say you are james asked me this about myself the other day and i was like i'd never ever thought of it and like what what do you mean and he was like i don't know he's like are you like a disciplinarian he was like are you like a really supportive coach like what and i and i struggled with the answer but i wanted to put it to you what kind of coach do you think that you are 
empathetic. That's the that's the first word that came to my head. It's a really good question, and I think a lot of coaches should probably ask oh, themselves it's that. Hard. Yeah, I think empathetic. Yeah. I've never used my CF as a beating stick in terms of like, oh, I can do this with CF. You should be able to do this. I've never ever <laughs> ever said that to a client ever. Now, have clients said that to me, like, oh, you Good. can do this and you have CF? Then I'm like, yeah, but we have totally different lives. Like, so there's no point in even yeah. trying to compare yourself to me or anything like that. I would never do it to anyone else. But I ultimately, I just understand because people look at me and just assume that I've been, I look the way I currently look. I've looked like this my entire life. I have not. I have felt the insecurity. I have felt the worry. I have felt the, the stress. I've felt like the massive, like, body confidence issues and people kind of forget that they just look at me and, and take me as I am today it still blows my mind that, that I am the, sh the shape that I'm in because I was told my entire life I couldn't do this you know I was never going to look like my friends I was never going to grow up and be healthy and strong and now I am and it still kind of catches me by surprise so I understand and look if someone needs a good talking to I'll give them it but the way I've always approached this if you're there and you're my client I am there to give you a pat in the back when you deserve it, but a kick in the ass when you need it. And I'm happy to do both. Again, am I just going to drill into someone and just be like, you have not done this, you've not done this, you've not done this. I'll be like, look, these are the things you told me you would do. Why have you not done them? Tell me, like, talk to me about what's going on that, that's that's kind of allowed these things to fall out of your mind and, and, and honestly dropped out of your list of priorities because you've come to me saying that they were. Why are they not anymore? What is What has thrown you some... I, I like to be, I would, yeah, I would say I was empathetic and I, I hope my clients would agree with that. I mean, just having followed you for the amount of time and also getting to know you on Instagram, I would mm. say that that fits you very, very well. I mean, I, you know what I want to do before I go on to my um, next question? I want you, I want you to talk about motivation for a minute because your, your Instagram, it wasn't really a rant because you're not really a ranty kind of guy. You're pretty chill. But your Instagram talk about motivation like made my day. So you just want to talk about that for a minute, Ben. Okay, so it's 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 a question that we all get asked um, as fitness professionals, like how are you motivated? What's your motivation? How do you motivate yourself when you're not feeling like you know doing what you need to do? And honestly, it's become a word that when I see it, my stomach just twists. I'm like, oh, it's again, it's it's through yeah lack of understanding. I think for like first and foremost, which a lot of a lot of issues we come across as coaches, that's really that's what it is. It's a lack of understanding. So that's why I try to try to be zen about it because I can't assume everyone has gotten to the point of understanding that that uh, that other people are. So motivation for me is such a small part of this. It is so small. I could talk about this for, for ages, but I, I basically came up with this analogy that now a few people have actually used, which is kind of cool. I've been tagged in a couple of posts from people using this, but it came to me. <laughs> it's yeah. So weird being quoted or something. It still blows my mind. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not an important <laughs> enough person to be quoted. This is insane. You're a meme. You have a meme. Yeah, yeah. So it came to me while I was talking to my dad, weirdly. Okay, so imagine you're in a boat, okay? And in that boat, you've got a sail and you've got paddles. Now, to me, the paddles are dedication and an understanding because you know that, yep, by using those paddles, it's going to take a lot of work to go forwards. Now, sometimes the wind comes along and you can whip up the sail, motivation, and you can chill because you can ride that that wave of motivation or the wind of motivation. And you can kind of, you can let that take you for quite a while. However, it can stop like that. And then you need to understand, right, now that's gone. I need to pick up these paddles and keep going. Now those paddles are horrible. They're full of splinters. They're hard work. 
they take effort, but ultimately you can't just sit there and wait for the wins to come back. If you want to progress, you need to let you need to accept the fact that it's going to be hard. There's going to be days that you do not want to do anything, but you have to do it. I say this so often. And this is whenever I start talking about this more, that's when I got a lot of interactions with with the people who follow me is you know and, and so many messages of thanks from them that I was transparent about this and I thought flippy it's ridiculous that that people do think I'm motivated all the time because I'm not like at all the amount of sessions that I've gone into like oh I don't want to do this like but I just do it like it's not a it's not an, an option to me anymore like the way I again this is this is very specific to me when I was in hospital for the first time with a chest infection I had to go in to get IVs uh, I was in there for about four weeks in total I got out for like about three days then had to go back in again but anyway between that time I was in my room and I heard this noise and I was like what the heck is that noise that sounds like a really weird machine it kept happening over and over again this really did not sound like it was come from a human anyway and then one day one of the nurses came in and the doors the door opposite mine was open and I heard the source of this noise and it was a man with cystic fibrosis and he was the sickest looking person I've ever seen in my life I was 18 at the time and he was making this noise and I was like that is not a noise I ever expected to come from another human being and I saw that as kind of like a glimpse into my potential future if I didn't do all the things I need to do to do the things I want to do and that scared the shit out of me like I, I can still see him so clearly in my head and honestly I, I, Chloe I don't think he's around anymore to be honest but that was the day that I kind of just went I don't get an option B or C or D, which a lot of people do have the luxury of. They can go, oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to look after myself. I'm not going to prioritize my health or my mental health. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do what I want. And again, that's them taking option B or C or D. And I've, yeah, I don't want to make this sound like all like motivational and stuff, but I literally have just in my head, I'm very visual when it comes to stuff like this. I have bricked that shit off. Like there is no option B for me. There's no option C. There is option A. I don't care how tired I am, how unmotivated I am. I am going through that door every day because there's no other option to me. I don't get that luxury. Yeah. It's been taken off me. So yeah, that's motivation has very, very, very little to do with it. That's quite a lot for an 18 year old to have to deal with. So, I mean, I suppose you've kind of already done it, but just how do you advise people who are maybe stuck in a bit of a shitty headspace that they they kind of really maximize their life and their opportunities? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I got you there, didn't I? Yeah, I think, it, again, I can't say I have like a blueprint in my head of, okay, say X, Y, and Z. I think it depends on the what the person's situation is because there's no point in me going, oh, well, I do this and this and this and you should do that because, again, it depends on, on the person. It depends on what headspace they're taking into that conversation. You need to be careful of what you say depending on where they're at because they could be in a very receptive you know, space mentally, or they could be in a, yeah. as you said, the fuck it bucket, and they could be in that realm, and you need yeah. to be very careful with how you word things. So I can't say like, oh yeah, I, I say this, 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 and this, because it's not like a script in my head. No. It's, 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 it's an individual case by case thing, but I would say, yeah, having what I have definitely gives me a unique perspective on life. I am not a stress, stress the small stuff type of person. Like if I wake up in the morning and I'm naked and I walk past my mirror and my neighbors see me, I don't care. Like, I really don't because first of all, they're never going to come up to me and go, ah, I saw you naked. <laughs> saw you naked the other day. No one's going to say that because you would never say that. 
I so, would. And then, <laughs> well, like, yeah. Yo, Ben, <laughs> put your dick away. Morning. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like I, I just don't, I, I just don't stress the small stuff. If it's yeah. not going to be an issue in five minutes, then don't give it five minutes. Like I think so many people, and I even, and this is a good perspective to take on, even my clients' goals. Like they're so obsessed with how they look, and I'm like, well, no one's going to give a shit when you die about how you looked. They're going to care about the memories they had with you. They're going to care about the conversations they had with you. They're going to care about the stuff that actually matters. As a person, your physique and your body don't mean a great deal unless you make it your thing you know obviously there's some bodybuilders who are going to be known for that but the people they care about the people close to them you, you guarantee they're not going to say anything about that at their funeral they're not going to be like oh yeah frank zane fantastic bodybuilder you know his ab vacuum was incredible no one's going to say that so i like to give people that perspective of right let's focus on the things that matter that the the two most important things to me as a coach are happiness and healthiness healthiness like if you can nail those two things you can wake up in the morning and have the physique that you want, but you could be in a terrible place mentally. And it doesn't matter how great that physique looks because you're not you're not in the right headspace. Whereas if this is right, everything else feels better. You're going to look at yourself and be like, you know what? I may not be where I want to be, but damn, I'm in a hell of a lot better place than I was. And that is so important to me. So I like to give people that sense of perspective. And I think that's something that, you know, I, I actually said this the other day on one of our group calls. That I think that it's a unique trait that I have as a coach that I do have that sense of perspective that honestly and not a huge amount of people have and I've had it since such a young age as well no I think it, it, it's fair to say my mum always said my mum suffered really badly with postnatal depression and that just kind of like parlayed into depression and this isn't a secret it's in, it's in her book I'm not outing her um and she, she you know with with the right you know treatments she's completely managed to overcome it and move move away from it move past it which is fantastic but she said it gives you a completely different perspective on life like than everyone else and exactly what you said that she doesn't sweat the small stuff she's like everything that she now has to be happy about she's happy about and yep. It's also like I had a client of mine today who blew my mind. She was meant to do a check-in with me weeks ago. She didn't. She's just basically gone off the radar. But I don't chase my clients. I'm like, fine, if you need to go off the radar, go. I'm here when you need me. She came back to me today and she checked in. And her check-in basically said exactly what you just said. I've just been coming to the realization that I've been obsessing over my body and how I look since I was a teenager. And actually, she was like, when I die, no one's going to talk about my body like no one's gonna care she's like I'm happy I'm healthy I'm fit and I've been torturing myself over my body image for my whole life and I'm actually really upset that I've wasted so much time I've wasted so much of my life focusing on something which is so ridiculous and she was like what do I do with you now because like you're my coach and like what do I do and I was like we need to change the goal to like a happy healthy fit mentally physically give her some like practical goals yeah yeah it was like, it was the, it was one of the best check-ins i've ever had because she was just like i'm i'm done uh, yeah it was amazing and yeah i honestly ben having you here today has just been i really think that everyone's just gonna go away from this feeling and i know you fucking hate this you're gonna hate it ironically really motivated <laughs> well I, that's fine right again ride the wind motivation will yeah. take yeah. No, I, I I think it's amazing. And I, I typically will just always end by giving my clients a fair few minutes, however long you want, to kind of leave them with anything you want to say, tell them everything that you do, if they're interested in your coaching or your Instagram page, where they can find you, promote all the hard, hard-ass work that you're doing, and um, and then we'll wrap it up. So you can find me at on Instagram at Ben mudge underscore i still have not been able to snag just ben mudge someone's held that account for like six years he hasn't posted anything i'll get it eventually but anything there 
uh, again, that's just, that's kind of I use that page as a kind of insight to I like to educate people, I like to entertain them as as best I can, and helping people first and foremost. But then for like the more strictly, you know, helping coaching side, I've got the BMU, so the Be More University, um, and again, that's bemoreuni.com if you want to learn with me, work with me. That's one option um, that you can definitely take. Again, that's personalized training, personalized nutrition, uh, support from the community, uh, there's Q&As. I do videos on like, you know, good and bad foods. A place that you can come to learn and get results from. Again, I've been building that for so long now and it's finally launched. It's so weird that it's actually here. And then in terms of one-to-one coaching, I'm actually full at the moment, but I will most likely be opening up again in a couple of months. So if that is something you are more keen, you're working with me more personally, then that's, that's an option coming up. Other than that, that's pretty much me. I'm pretty, pretty simple on that, on that end. Guys, BMU, um, Ben's coaching platform, he's been working really hard on it. And it's, it actually looks fantastic. Like all the like video stuff I've seen, I'm okay. like, that looks amazing. That's the videographer, yeah, to be fair. Is- that, that my, my videographer is fantastic. <laughs> and I'm like, we're, we're best friends. So we, I can, I can be exactly who I am in real life with him. You know, like if you ever worked with a photographer, you know yeah. quite well, or a videographer, yeah, you can yeah, just yeah. be... I only will. Yeah, like you can be that. That's where the whole yeah. name of the university came from. Is like be more. Like I'm not trying to change people. I'm trying to let them become more of them. So like being more you, and, and that's ultimately I think the world would benefit from everyone just being a bit more of themselves. Yes, I uh, couldn't unless they're a dick. Yeah. In which case, you know. Well, <laughs> I was going to say I can think of a couple of people who are definitely being their most authentic selves on Instagram, and I'm like, please pipe down. Just please, just stop shouting, just yeah. for a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. yeah, I get that. Okay, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I loved it. And I think everyone's going to really take so, so much away from this. I think this has been like one of my favorite ones I've done. So just from like a psychological perspective, it's been fascinating. So have a lovely rest of your evening. And everybody, I will see you again uh, next week for another episode of the podcast, season four. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Please make sure that you like, subscribe and to follow wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. If you're new to the podcast, please don't forget to catch up on series one, two and three to learn even more about all the topics my guests and I cover from nutrition to fitness, physique results and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.